Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Sweaty Palms podcast. Sweaty Palms is a music industry podcast where each week I interview professionals who work within the industry. This week's guest is Garrett Cardoso. He's a music photographer and is based out of Athens, Georgia. We talked a lot about his career, how he got started, helpful tips and tricks for when you're just starting out, some tour stories, good wins and horror stories, <laughs> what he did before becoming a music photographer, and much more. I can't wait for y'all to listen to this week's episode, and let's get into it. Welcome back to the Sweaty Palms podcast. I'm here with Garrett Cardoso. He's an Athens-based photographer and has worked with several different touring bands, to name one that I can think of just off the top of my head, The Stews. And then you've taken pictures for Canon in the Boxes too, right? I was looking at your Instagram profile. You have really great work. Your photos are just super cool. I appreciate Um, it. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Gary. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm glad I get to talk about myself for a little bit. (laughs) I don't get to do that often. Oh, nice. My job is usually like trying to get to know the other person to make them feel comfortable during a shoot or something like that. So like, you know, it's not usually the other way around where they're asking me all about me. Well, so kind of nice. Yeah, 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 sure. It's cool to be on the other side of that conversation, I guess. I actually had a question for you that was exactly that. How do you Mm -hmm. make people comfortable for shoots? Like if you notice somebody's awkward or like doesn't like being taken photos of like yeah i mean that to me is just i i find that talking to people just trying to keep a conversation going is the best way because then it kind of takes them out of feeling like they need to be stiff and posed (laughs) all the time if i do like a portrait shoot for instance today i was shooting with parker weirling first of all not one of those people that's uncomfortable in in front of the camera he's perfect at it but In general, when I do a portrait shoot like that, Mm -hmm. I usually meet them somewhere and we just kind of walk around the area, pick a couple of spots nearby and just have a conversation while we're doing the shoot. And I find that's the best way to keep people at ease because it keeps their mind occupied. So they're not thinking about how they look. It also makes me feel more comfortable. I kind of feed off of people's energy sometimes. So like if I can tell somebody's really uncomfortable, then I kind of also feel uncomfortable. I'm glad you say that because I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I can tell that they're nervous about it or nervous about how they look then I can feel that and then yeah. I start to feel the pressure of like, oh man, I want to make sure these actually look good. I've always found that just talking through it really is the best way to subconsciously get over that stuff instead of addressing it in the face of being like, hey, I'm nervous right now. <laughs> yeah. So. When did you get into photography? How long have you been doing this? I really think it started for me appreciating photography from like high school on okay. uh, that website Tumblr. Yeah, miss it. I still get emails from them, which really? is weird. Yeah. About what? I've stopped getting people have followed my profile uh-huh. situation. I got one recently saying we miss you or something like that. But then <laughs> okay. I looked them up and I was like, yeah, this isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, that's weird. Anyways, Crazy. that's when I feel like I really started to appreciate just photography in general. And it wasn't necessarily music photography or with people. It was more so landscape photography yeah. and just pictures of the Pacific Northwest and fog in front of trees that look really green. I just started to appreciate stuff like that. I noticed like if you go all the way back to your Mm -hmm. very first post on Instagram, it's landscapes. Yeah. My mom had a camera when I was in Mm -hmm. high school and I never really picked it up and used it. But once I got into college, I picked a camera up. I'm a big car guy too. Uh So I just started using her camera for fun. But I guess I just started to really like it and enjoy doing that. And so I started to get a little obsessed with learning how to use the camera. Probably from, let's say, 2015 on, I started to really learn how to use a camera and like understand the different settings and 
watching all kinds of YouTube videos, and I even printed out charts and stuff to like... Oh, wow. Nerdy. I love it. Yeah, super (laughs) nerdy. Like, definitely. I mean, it was like, I just wanted to really understand how all that worked and to try and get the outcome that I wanted to see. So the best way to learn how to be a good photographer is to learn how to use the camera in manual mode. I went to school to work on cars because I was a big car guy. So I went to tech school and I got a degree to be a mechanic. In that time frame from 2013 on, I was working on on cars as my job. And that's kind of the career that I thought I was going to be doing. And I officially got out of that industry in May of this year to be a photographer full time. So that's like the time span of seven plus years, you know what I mean, of developing my knowledge of photography and also finding my way of what type of photography I like and realizing, hey, maybe I can actually do this as a job one day and then taking the steps to put myself in the position to be a photographer full-time. What made you want to make the switch from mechanic to being a photographer? Um, So really it's a combination of not liking (laughs) working on cars anymore. Well, not that I don't like doing that, but Mm -hmm. not wanting to do it as a job, not liking the industry. And also knowing that I could be booked for a few months all the way out from May. I was looking at the calendar and I was like, if I, you know, allow myself the time, I can be booked through August, including doing some tours and also just local stuff with AthFest and all that kind of stuff. So it was a combination of right place, right time, and really just getting tired of (laughs) doing that, like, 60 hours a week. Oh my God. Sometimes. But also I was living in Snellville, which is down by Stone Mountain. I worked at the Toyota dealership in Athens. Oh, okay. So I was commuting from Snellville to here every day back and forth for three years. And that just drove me crazy. Really, really did. I just started to like really get upset about my like situation Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't happy. So in the last like two years or so is when I started to like really take music photography seriously. And I started to meet more and more people and develop my skills as a music photographer. And I guess I realized I was at a point where like, hey, I can make the jump. So it's, right. just, it's time to do it or else I'm going to keep being miserable. You recognize a point in your life where you're not happy and you're not going to just be okay being miserable. You decided yeah. to change your circumstances. I think that's really right. hard for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, it's sacrificing a good paycheck too, to be honest with you. And health insurance. I'm right. 27, so like I'm not on my parents' insurance anymore. Right. So it's like, dang it, you just missed the cutoff. Right? I know. I mean, <laughs> well, and when I turned 26, I was at Toyota, and I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I can have health insurance. It's going to be fine. But nowadays, I don't have health insurance, and of yeah. course, I need to get it at some point. I'm just trying to like pay my bills at this point. Right. I'm happy with what I'm doing though, and that to me is all that matters. Yeah. I get to be stoked about work. When did you book your first music job? Cannon Rogers from Cannon in the Boxes. I think I just connected with him on Instagram at some point. My stepbrother, Sean Carruthers, he went to school at UGA, and I had met a couple of people through him. He took me to a Cannon in the Boxes show one time. And so I followed Cannon on Instagram because I liked his music. And sometime in 2019 or 2020... I saw he was playing a show, and I think I reached out to him and said, hey, I'd love to come and shoot the show. I had been doing some portrait photography, so I had somewhat of a portfolio going on on my Instagram at that point to Mm -hmm. where I felt confident enough to reach out to somebody and say, hey, can I come shoot? And he responded, and he was like, yeah, that'd be great. Come on out. And I think I charged him like 50 bucks or something like Mm -hmm. that. 
And that's when the fire started to spread a little bit with me meeting people. Do you have like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan for where you hope to see your career be, you know, from now? So I still don't really know a whole lot about how to be a music photographer. Uh I'm doing really all I know, and that is to just build off of the connections that I've been making and just see where things kind of take me. So it's hard for me to pinpoint. I mean, I can tell you like right now, I would love to be on a stadium tour one day with an artist. It really, to me, doesn't matter the genre per Mm -hmm. se. I just want to be able to tour all over the place, Mm -hmm. all over the world working with someone full-time yeah. i want to be their photographer Definitely. so like everything they do every tour they go on all the events they go to i want to be following them around with the camera so that we can build this huge portfolio of memories and photos for their mm-hmm. career i want to do that at the highest level i want to make sure it's with somebody that i've built a relationship with and there's something to having a really good relationship with the artists that you work with. Oh, yeah, definitely. It definitely lends itself to way more intimate tour photos and moments captured along the way. I feel like you'd capture the person better because you're actually their friend and you can see them for like, because you'd love them, you know yeah, what I mean? If you're that For sure, and life. they'd feel comfortable with me yeah. being there when they're getting warmed up before a big show and they're nervous as shit and they're just sitting <laughs> right. there staring at the ground. They don't mind that I'm standing there also right. like in their intimate moments. To answer your question, I guess my five or ten year plan is just to be doing touring photography at the highest level that I can possibly get to. Lately, it's been feeling like doors just kind of keep opening left and right. I feel like it's just a matter of time. I know that can sound a little big-headed, maybe, no. but I just know that I'm on the right path, that's yeah. all. You're being optimistic. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. for it's, sure. It's better than the opposite, so. Yeah, and then whenever I feel like it's time to hang up the travel boots, I want to start a family one day. I've been with my girlfriend for the last two years, and we have full intentions on getting married one day and mm-hmm. starting a family and everything, so... However long I can keep it going without, one, getting burnt out, and two... Mm-hmm feeling like I need to like hang it up. There'll be a time where like I feel like I need to be home most of the time to be with my family. So if that's the case, then I would love to open up a photography studio one day. Mm -hmm. Athens, really in general, I love this town so much. Mm -hmm. And there isn't a big photo studio in Athens. I guess my vision for that would just to be like a huge like warehouse space with a bunch of different settings and you could rent space out and it would be a big creative studio. That's a big lofty dream goal of mine, but <laughs> I would love to do that one day. One of my favorite photographers ever, his name's Danny Clinch. Mm-hmm. His Instagram's like Danny Bones or something like that. He's well into his 60s, but he still tours with like Pearl Jam and Dave Matthews and classic names that still do shows. They've had this guy, Danny, that's been with them for their entire career. So oh, wow. it's, that's the kind of relationship that I want to have with the artists that I work with. I want to work with them for their whole career and be their guy forever and then we can sell a bunch of photo books one day and have photo galleries full of pictures of their huge stadium shows that they did back in the day i just think that's so cool what was his name danny danny clinch is his name i like how that guy carries himself and i Mm -hmm. like where he's at in his career and i feel like that's like the model of what i would want to be and what a cool name, too. Danny Clinch. Danny Clinch, yeah. And then Danny Bones is his nickname. Yeah, so that's it's like, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like classic like rock and roll photographer Literally. name. What a cool dude. Yeah. Is he like covered in tattoos and stuff? I don't know, actually. Okay. I don't think he is. I don't know. I mean, like I said, he's in his late 50s or maybe okay. even 60s. So he's just gray-haired dude. 
Okay, I'm you know totally going to look him up after this. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's one of the most well-known music photographers okay. to this day. So, I mean, he's a big deal in the music photography world, definitely. I mean, Pearl Jam and Dave Matthews, that's huge. Yeah, and there's a few other people. Bruce Springsteen, he has uh-huh. a huge catalog of photos of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, wow, wow. Um, okay. So, I mean, some real, like, legendary people that yeah. he's worked with over his career. <laughs> I would love to just sit down with him for 30 minutes one day if I could. That'd be yeah, awesome. Cool. He has a gallery up in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Oh, okay. So if I ever find myself there, I will absolutely be going by. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned going back a little bit about burning out. What are the hardest parts of your job or the um, most frustrating parts? Okay, so concerts, the hardest part is going to be dealing with the terrible lighting systems that are at each venue or ones that are really good. But I'll use a local example, and I, I'm i not trying to call anybody out. 40, <laughs> watt, about to. 40 watt has a notoriously bad lighting system, and okay. like it's one of those things where like a lot of people that shoot there just know that, and mm-hmm. even the artists know that. I don't know what it is, but I just dread shooting there sometimes okay. because the lighting is so tough to work with, and it's hard for me to get pictures that I enjoy taking there. Right. It's yeah. really cool when you're there mm-hmm. experiencing it in person, but I can see how it would be difficult. Yeah, it's just really photos. dark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on a technical standpoint, it just the shadows are very dark, and so you end up having to crank your settings up a bunch, and then it gets kind of grainy. Another thing can be... If it's a fully packed small venue and there's no like barricade between the stage and the crowd, then you have no way to get to the front of the stage unless you want to just get all up in everybody's way. Uh A lot of times people don't want you to do that. So the crowd is not going to get out of your way. Plus, I have crowd anxiety sometimes. Uh So like I just don't even want to be standing in between all of those people because I'm just like afraid I'm going to get knocked out by an elbow or something like that so accessibility can be an issue a lot but i would say those are the two biggest walls that i face Mm -hmm. as a concert photographer is is accessibility to like certain you know perspectives Mm -hmm. and lighting in general but overall in my experience with doing headlining shows with the stews or the vagabonds some of those shows, you know, you'll be in a good-sized theater venue, and mm-hmm. there's 500, 600 people there, and they have the full barricade set up, and you get to just go all over the place. I've seen Ben Camino. I was watching their photographer during yeah. the concert, and I was just thinking how jealous I was of them. Yeah. it looks like such a cool job. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, I've always been a huge music fan. I've always been a big concert fan in mm-hmm. general, but growing up going to concerts in high school and even into college i never like noticed the music photographers that were there i never paid attention to that it just Mm -hmm. never was a thing in my mind about that Mm -hmm. i appreciated all the photos that i would see for concerts but i never thought about that before until i did it i guess and then i was like wow this is actually really cool you get this access that nobody else gets to have you get to capture the moment from your perspective and that's right. just so cool to me and if you love the band you get to talk that's with the best part too yeah oh i know I, well <laughs> sometimes you don't i'll tell I you really? that I, I shot for Houndmouth. Okay. they're like americana like yeah, rock band mm-hmm. they played at georgia theater i don't know if this was a covid thing or what but uh-huh. they had a really small crew it was just the band and their sound guy and that uh-huh. was it they didn't have a tour manager or anything like that with them mm-hmm. And they didn't have a tour photographer either. So what they did, I guess, is they reached out to local photographers in every city to come out and shoot their show. So in Athens, they reached out to me. Knowing Georgia Theater, they don't have barricades most of the time. So I always make sure I have that all-access pass that gets me on the stage so that I can get my stage photos and adapt a little bit more. 
so they got me with my pass and everything that I needed to get and like shot the show. After they finished, they ran off and went upstairs and I never got to see them or talk to them or do anything. The worst part about that, biggest bummer to me, it was so cool. I got some amazing pictures. If you go to my website, it's just my name, scarecardoso.com. The first picture you're going to see is the lead singer of Houndmouth, like holding his guitar up. And it's the whole packed Georgia theater crowd with their arms up. It's sick. I sent them the photos the next day on the email chain that I was on. The only response was, thanks. That's so Nothing else. lame. <laughs> not not like, like I'm looking well, that yeah. is insane. So that's wow. the end of the hound and it was a sold out show and they had it up on the balcony and everything. So That's a great photo. Yeah, and that was one of those nights where they were perfect with the lighting. Yeah. So like right at the end they're doing their thing and with the all access bass at Georgia Theater you yeah. can get behind the drum kit or Whoa. behind the amps was where I was. But like I still Got to shoot for a big band at a sold-out show yeah. in my hometown, basically. And it was it was awesome. It was a good experience. Right. I find cool. it really crazy that they didn't have a tour manager. That must be insane. <clears throat> the other weird part about that was they were on a tour bus. So, like, tour buses are really expensive. I don't know how much it is exactly, but it's in the $10,000-plus a week type deal. <gasps> so, you got to make a lot of money to do that. And so, you'd think okay. if you had a tour bus, you'd be able to have, like, a tour manager with you and even pay like a photographer to be with you and mm-hmm. full crew so i thought that was kind of strange i've heard some bands have been doing remote tour managing okay which is they have a manager that keeps up with their day-to-day stuff and sends emails and does all the stuff they need but uh-huh. the band just shows up and does the thing and leaves weird to me <laughs> yeah. because that's not traditional at all but yeah Right. Part of the fun of being a tour manager, though, is you get to be with the band. I, yeah, I, feel I like mean, it's part of the allure. It's of it. a uh, stressful job. I don't. Yeah. I definitely don't want to expand into that role because you're just spread so thin at that point, yeah, just definitely. dealing with the venue stuff and making sure everything goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. Anytime money needs to be spent, it usually goes through them, and uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot. It's a big job. Yeah. You guys have to look at his website because this is such a cool photo, and just check out everything on his website too garrettcardoso.com i really think instagram is in my opinion what my best stuff is uh-huh. just goes to instagram but i'll put it on there too so. and i'm gonna have all your links to your sure. social source and everything in the description below cool. at the end of the episode Sweet. yeah there's also a bug just like flying around out the window oh, yeah, a little I bit earlier <laughs> yeah i think it's a moth i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't film video yet so people can't see the setup which this I'm like, is would be a good setup right? for a video though yeah it's kind of cool like i don't yeah. i don't know anything about videography so that's a whole other beast i'm gonna have to tackle sure. down the line so. yeah yeah people just won't get to see our beautiful faces but that's, that's okay fine. I, yeah. I mean hey, <laughs> i don't know if they want to see me and no, i'm just kidding <laughs> who's been your favorite person that you've worked with it's the band that I kind of known for working the with Stews. at this point. Yeah, the, the Stews. I like I said earlier, I'm 27, yeah. so they're they're all probably 21, 22 years old. Mm-hmm. But like, they have quickly become some of my closest friends, cool. and I love their music too. And I've seen them grow a lot over the last year mm-hmm. as a band on their fan base and their sound and their show. They're just showmanship yeah. at a concert and. I'm just really proud of what they're doing and where they're going and all the stuff they've accomplished this year. So I really do think they're my favorite people to work with. It's also because we're so close friends-wise. So And I've done a lot and seen a lot with them. So they're just awesome dudes. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Stews will be your big world tour. Hey, they get really big. I would yeah. love for that to happen. That would be amazing. 
who knows i mean like you said it's just a matter of whatever door opens and i might shake somebody's hand tomorrow and that might be the connection that i need to do something like that so it's just it just kind of crazy how that this world works you know industry music industry works it's just yeah. like a, you meet somebody and then things change all of a sudden but you just gotta like keep you. being good at what you do and be a good person and make a good impression on people that you work with and that's yeah. gonna get you a long way so what i found in my life like for some choices that i made or whatever maybe i didn't make a choice because i was scared what made you keep yourself going and, and put yourself out there to be a photographer because I feel like part of it is you have to believe in yourself and the other yep. part is like you have to be willing to try and not be afraid of failure or fear so. yeah totally and like I was saying earlier I have a lot of crowd anxiety I'm an anxious yeah. person in Me general too. and yeah. like I really am used to be very introverted uh-huh. and it was really hard for me to put myself out there in yeah. any social setting or anything like that I was uncomfortable being around anybody I didn't know really yeah. so I think it took, like you said, first it took me being confident in my photography. Mm-hmm. And then I realized the only way that I'm going to get people to want to work with me is for them to know who I am. If they don't know who I am, then they're not going to come to me to work with me. So mm-hmm. I guess at some point, some switch flipped in my head and I was like, the only way people are going to book with me is if I reach out to them because right. they don't know who I am. So I need to put myself in front of them. Mm-hmm. But I just started DMing people on Instagram. That's how I would start to get to know people. I would go on Instagram and look up the Atlanta musicians hashtag mm-hmm. and just scroll through there and find musicians that I like. And I would do that for Athens too. And so I would find musicians that I like their music and I would look and see if they had a photographer that they exclusively worked with. And if they didn't, then I would put myself out there. I would send them a DM, say, hey, I'd love to shoot for you. Bird shoot's always free because I want you to see what you're getting first before yeah. you feel confident paying me to do any photography work. It's just really a matter of reaching out to people that starts at being confident in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I spent so much time being like neurotic about <laughs> learning how to use a camera because it's just, I didn't, I didn't want to overpromise on something but you do do that sometimes yeah of course yeah. you kind of have to sometimes mm-hmm. so just to get in the door and you so. figure it out when you yeah you totally. there. yeah there's been plenty of times where i've done that it's not that i'm over promising it's just that like i don't know maybe sometimes people are a bigger artist that has worked with really established music photographers and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden i find myself shooting like houndmouth yeah. and there's part of you that's going to be like well this is a huge band they have a standard that I feel like I probably am not going to be able to meet. Mm-hmm. Then you just say, screw it. I'm going to go and just do my best. Yeah. And I ended up taking some of my favorite pictures I've ever taken. Also with concert photography, there's two ways to, to really get into that. It's to know the artist or to just show up and mm-hmm. do it anyway. Oh, so that oh. was a part of it too. Is like, well, I used to look for whatever local shows were going on and, at 40 watt and I would go to the show and take some pictures or if I knew one artist that was playing that was opening for two other artists I would book with the first artist and then when I'm there I would take pictures of the other two and then after the fact I would send them to them and say hey if you want to shoot me like 50 bucks here's these photos that I took do you have any tour stories or tour horror stories I'd, I'd love to hear about those or just your travels in general 
So over the summer, I went out with the Stews for probably four weeks total, I think, uh-huh. in July. I met them in Chicago, and we went cool. up to Wisconsin to do a festival up there. That was really cool. And then we went into Colorado and to Texas and then nice. back to Atlanta. In uh, Colorado, though, we ran into some bad luck on the last day of that like Colorado run. Our van got broken into oh. in the hotel parking lot. So we came out in the morning, the door handle was kind of messed up, and that's how they got in. So they stole a whole bunch of guitars and food and pillows, and Denver has a very large homeless population, and so there's naturally a lot of break-ins, but they came away with probably $10,000 worth of gear. So that was rough. So we had, I think between Denver and Dallas, we had like five days to get to Dallas. We Mm. had a bunch of time. So we went to New Mexico to just go do some tourist stuff in New Mexico. We went to Albuquerque. Turns out Albuquerque also has a really bad homeless population and is the number one city in the nation for car break-ins. Oh, oh. And so the very next night in Albuquerque, come out in the morning, passenger side window smashed. Shit. And they tried to shove a screwdriver into the ignition of the van, uh-huh. which means they tried to steal the entire van yeah. and trailer. Oh, my God. And destroyed the ignition so you couldn't even start it. We got mm-hmm. stuck in Albuquerque. So we got <gasps> robbed two nights in a row and then got stranded in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh and we had to God. get to Dallas in, let's say, four days. Uh-huh. There's another band that was on the road with us. Because we had so much time, they were just chilling in Colorado until the last second where they needed to go to Dallas. So they came and picked us up because we couldn't wait. The van stayed in Albuquerque. Uh We had the trailer hitched up to their van, and they took us to Dallas so that we could make those shows. Yeah. And we did. When we were in Albuquerque, the news caught on to it and did a story about it. Like They came out and interviewed them while we were in Albuquerque. That's cool. So that helped the GoFundMe a lot. They raised a good yeah. bit of money, and they've donated most of it, to be honest. They raised way more money than they needed. Oh, like, that's awesome. Than the gear that was you know, stolen. So they replaced yeah. the bare minimum of what they needed, and they donated the rest of it. So we made it to the shows, and the worst part about it, though, is after Dallas and Austin, Texas, two of them in the studios had to stay in Austin, and the other two had to fly all the way back to Albuquerque to get the van because it got <laughs> fixed. And oh, my God drive it from Albuquerque to make a show in Atlanta 48 hours. So they had to basically drive from New Mexico to Atlanta. They had to stop in Austin to get the other two in the trailer and then get to Atlanta. They basically had to drive for two days straight. Yeah, that's insane. So thankfully, you know, two of them, they split the time to get to Texas and then the other two split the time to get back. It Uh, sounds kind of exciting. (laughs) It it is exciting from the perspective of not having stuff stolen, you know what I mean? But... Look, there's nothing to do in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, like, when you're stranded without a vehicle there, there's even less to do. So, we're just stuck in this hotel for, like, two days, and then you get stir-crazy. Yeah, I bet. There's nothing to do. (laughs) The only thing to do that we found was the Nuclear Science Museum at the Albuquerque airport. And it's all about nuclear weapons. (laughs) So we went and did that. Nice. Yeah. You gotta gotta, find something. I got a cool t-shirt from that. (laughs) You need to send me it so I can post it, uh, like, when I post your photo. Like, just to slide for the shirt. (laughs) Of course. I will definitely do that. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, still, I'm working and i'm yeah. stranded in new mexico yeah. on tour oh no it sounds like, yeah it sounds pretty exciting yeah. yeah i mean it's like at the end of the day like it's still 
a part of the journey, I guess. Yeah. So, and that trip in general was just a lot of fun. We got to spend a lot of really quality time in Colorado, which is cool, and mm-hmm. in the mountains, and then in Wisconsin, Mile of Music Festival that they do up there. Nice. It's like 200 bands that come into town. Oh, wow. There's like 40 venues in this tiny little town, and it's called Appleton, Wisconsin. We were there for four days, and they put you in the hotel that's in town, and like, <laughs> everything's taken care of. The whole trip was a lot of fun. This year is the first year that I started like flying to go on tour versus just them picking me up. A couple of, you know, small steps in the yeah. right direction this year. I go out on tour with Easy Honey, a band out of Charleston. I go out with them next week on the 4th. I'll fly to New Orleans and then I'll go the reverse of what I did with the Stu. So okay. I'll go from New Orleans to Texas to Colorado and then I'll fly home. So I'm so jealous. Same venues. You know, it's funny. In Texas and Colorado, it's the same venues that I was just at with the Stu's. I'm doing the same trip with a different band, but backwards. That's kind of nice because then you know the shots. Like Yeah, I yeah, do know the, the venues. Venue, yeah. And I know like the venue in Austin has a really sick green room cool. that I got some cool pictures of the Stu's in before the show. So like there's things along the way that I know are going to be there that I'm looking forward to doing again and when we're in colorado it's the second week of colorado and apparently that's the week all the leaves change so like that's just going to be beautiful that's one of the better parts about of course going on the road is you get to just see all these beautiful things but i guess that's a product of being on the road with people that you enjoy being with and being Mm -hmm. comfortable and there's a saying a place is only as good as its people so yeah and that's definitely true because i've done one tour before where the morale was not that good, and let's just say I felt like most of the guys didn't really like care that much because they had done it so much in the past, mm-hmm. and this time around wasn't as glamorous as what they were used to, yeah. and a whole bunch of other things, but it just didn't seem like they were having as much fun as I wanted it to be, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. And another part of it is it was a very cheap, low-budget tour that oh, like okay. nobody really had any money, so that was right. another part of it, but... Sometimes if you're with the wrong people, it yeah. can like take the fun out of it for Definitely. sure. Or like if you're losing money while you're on the road yeah. and you know that you're going to come home and you're going to be just flat broke when yeah. you get back, that kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. That's fair. But when you get to a point where at least you know when you get home, your bills are going to be paid, yeah. that makes it that much more fun because that's one less thing you got to worry about. Yeah, true. It sounds like you're a very motivated person in general and you found something that you love. So, of course, you're just going to keep getting better at it. So, I mean, that's how I feel, too. I feel like every time I shoot, I feel like I get a little bit better. Mm -hmm. The more work I get to do, the more I feel like I'm getting better. And that's why I feel like doors just keep opening left and right because I get to finally do this, focus all my time on it. I'm really thankful. I really am. And I get to do this. Yeah, you're on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope you get that just a shit ton of business hey, after this. Yeah. Not many mechanics get to be on podcasts, okay? <laughs> I don't think there's any mechanics out there getting interviewed on podcasts. Facts. So you got you to gotta quit the job and go do something cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I think being a mechanic is kind of cool, too. Yeah. It is cool, and it helps me a lot. Like when we were in Denver when we got broken into uh, oh, the yeah. first night, the door handle situation. Did you fix that? Yeah, I could fix that. Wow. So we did fix that uh-huh. before we went to New Mexico. I yeah. saw what was broken. I was like, oh, I've done that before. It's yeah. easy to fix. All we need is like a basic tool set. We went to Walmart, uh-huh. got the basic tools, went to the dealership, got the part. I put it in. We were on the road. Wow. So, I mean, it's a uh, added value on tools. Yeah, I was about to say, they just have to keep hiring you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If for I can nothing wear multiple else. hats. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you tell me your like favorite tour story? Honestly, I think my favorite one was in March, the first time I went to Colorado this year. Mm-hmm. We went and a big snowstorm had just come through. Cool. We were in Steamboat Springs, which is in the mountains, mm-hmm. and we had three days there. And so we got snowed in there and we were planning on staying anyway, but it was like three feet of snow in the Rockies and that's a ski town. So we got to go skiing and that Mm -hmm. was the first time that I had really gotten to like go skiing and we spent the entire day going down the mountain. I had done it. I take that back. I'd done it once before in eighth grade. My Mm -hmm. parents or my mom took us to Canada and we went skiing on a big family trip. I was not good. I I did not have a good time. (laughs) And didn't pick it up like whatsoever. Yeah. So this time as as an adult, I got to go and like give it another shot. And I picked it up and I was going down like the blue slopes by the end of the day. I was going down some steep stuff. Those couple of days that we spent steamboat are some of my favorite memories that I've Mm -hmm. had on the road so far. And some of the other things are just the crowds that, that the Stews have gotten to play shows at. We were in Birmingham, and the Stews opened up for a band called the Dirty Governors, mm-hmm. like a big southern rock band, but That's like cool, it was outdoor like field kind of thing, and it's like 2,500 people, and sunset, beautiful oh. pink and purple sky, and it's yeah. just I'm walking around, and I'm like, God damn, it's like a sea of people, they're just going crazy. The pictures that I'm taking are looking insane, just straight off the camera, and the perfect lighting, and everything is just falling into place, you just get so amped after the show and, and then i get to relive it again when i go back and edit the photos it's all incredible is so. there like something that you're really looking forward to like a project this year that you can talk about let's see i think the georgia theater show with the stews on november 3rd is a moment that i've had circled on the calendar for a long time we're going to mm-hmm. be filming like the entire concert cool. on like five different cameras with a bunch of different people it's gonna be a huge like production wow. and everything and like that's a big deal for me because it's like my hometown show i mm-hmm. love georgia theater it's the band i've been working with for the last year non-stop and like when i first started working with them we were at smith's old bar in atlanta with mm-hmm. you know 100 people there and it's all their friends and now fast forward a year later we're selling out a georgia theater show and they're the headliner it's more than just their friends it's actual fans that are coming to see them That's a big moment for all of us. But I've done a couple of live studio performance videos with some bands recently, the Stews and Wim Tapley. We did a couple of uh, live videos with him at 1093 Studio. He's on the podcast too. Yeah. That's another like avenue that I've been trying to get into is directing those live videos. Hopefully I'll just have a bunch of touring going on next year. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the goal for me. Just from January till probably this time next year, hopefully I'm going to be on the road as much as possible. I'm going to keep up with your website and just see how things are going and stuff. Because that just, I mean, your job is so freaking cool. I'm so glad you wanted to do this. It's uh, it's so much more than just the concerts. There's so much other types of photography that I'm doing along the way. Just like even just the landscape stuff that I will take in Colorado while we're just walking around. There's so much other stuff to see even if you're tired of the concert photos there's mm-hmm. other stuff to to look at and, and admire well i wanted to thank you so much for coming on gary thank you. it was great to meet you and yeah. I'm really glad that you wanted to do this yeah thank you so i really appreciate you reaching out and i'm glad we got to do this i uh i'm thankful that, that i had the opportunity to 
you know talk about myself here a little bit yeah. and and uh yeah hopefully i can come back one day and yeah i'd love tell to tell some you more stories i would literally love to hear like maybe like a year from now or yeah. even six months just what you're up to I'm, uh, let me go hit the road for a little bit more okay. and then i'll come back and i'll tell you more a couple yeah. more stories i'm excited i'll go get into some trouble and then <laughs> and then i can i can bring it back we'll see you guys next week and thanks so much for listening